Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. Tech Guide. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. Tech Guide. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 207. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and always educated about the latest consumer tech news, views and reviews. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. And first time listeners, welcome aboard. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of the excellent website, techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Pokemon Go sweeps the world. Telstra hits back at claims that customers are being slugged with high prices. And LG partners with Volkswagen to develop a connected car. In the Tech Guide reviews, we take a look at the Huawei P9 smartphone with dual-lens camera. We also check out a smart trampoline that combines screen time with exercise. And the Logitech K780 multi-device wireless keyboard. And we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products. And also Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. Lots to talk about, so let's get cracking. Well, it hasn't been the best of years for Telstra. They've had, in the past six months, seven major outages and have hit the headlines for all the wrong reasons uh, on those occasions. And understandably, customers are upset Customers feel that they're not getting their money's worth, and uh, it, it has been a pretty rocky road. Well, today it didn't get any better because Choice, the consumer crusader, came out with a study and claimed that Telstra, they, they compared uh, 280 different telco products, and came to the conclusion that customers are paying what they're calling a Telstra tax. Now, they claim that they're paying premiums of up to 92% more for the same services. So Choice uh, really did their homework, and of those 280 Telco products, they, they found 53 like-for-like like services. In other words, a broadband service against another broadband service. They'd, so they did all these comparisons, and they came up with the conclusion, well, the results of their study, was the fact that Telstra products attracted a higher price, up to 6%, between 6% and 92% higher. And they went on to explain, which I'll get to in a second, the, the actual products they compared. Naturally, Telstra had had something to say about this, that they, they called Choice's study a flawed report. And they did mention the fact that Choice failed to report the value of the additional services that some of their products come with. For example, uh, the access to Australia's largest Wi-Fi network, uh, also free AFL or NRL season passes for mobile customers. 
and also free OneDrive cloud storage as well as part of your plans. They also offer uh, Apple Music on many plans as well for free. Telstra TV is another product they've also got, mobile security. So they they weren't too happy with, with naturally, with, with Choice's investigation and their conclusions. Let's go through some of those now, some of the comparisons that Choice made. The first was home internet plan. Customers paying a 92% premium when you compare Telstra's ADSL large broadband plan with TPG's plan over 24 months and all including upfront costs. The Telstra plan over 24 months was 2963 TPG 1539 Now that's an increase, a Telstra tax as Choice puts it. Uh, it's a higher price by 92%. It doesn't end there. The mobile broadband sims. Uh, this is 57% more expensive than Telstra. And there, there, there could be an argument here to say that some of the services compared, obviously the TPG network may not be up to the Telstra network. But in this case, in the next three cases actually, we're not talking about com- comparing Telstra's pricing to a low-cost provider. Naturally, a low-cost provider is a low-cost provider for a reason. They, they are, they're cheaper because their network might not be as good, their speeds not might be as fast. But these next three comparisons, you can hardly call Optus a low-cost provider. and they're, they're the comparison, the company they've been compared to. The mobile broadband sim, customers paying 57% more on Telstra's large-go mobile broadband, which offers 10 gigabytes of data a month, at $55 per month or on a 12-month contract. In comparison, Optus offers the same amount of data, 10 gigabytes for $35 a month. That's $20 a month, which adds up to 57% more expensive on the Telstra side. Broadband phone and streaming, uh, customers paying 41% more for Telstra's extra-large bundle, and that includes uh, with $20, includes $20 NBN speed boost compared with uh, my Entertainment Bundle, the Optus My Entertainment Bundle, which is $120 a month. So $169 from Telstra and $120 with Optus, and that's 41% more on the Telstra side. And lastly, fixed-term mobiles, 35% more on Telstra's extra go-large mobile. That's $135 a month uh, compared to Optus's My Plan Plus, which is $30 a month. That's 35% more of what Choice calls the Telstra tax. Uh, Telstra have a lot of customers, as I said, they're unhappy. Uh, A lot of people have commented on my story on on Twitter, and feel free to do so yourself if you have your own Telstra story. There are some people who, through the outages and other, other difficulties that the companies had, have tried for weeks to restore services. I do understand they did have some difficulties during the uh, storms uh, in, in New South Wales uh, a few weeks ago, and there are some customers still waiting to have their services reconnected from that incident as well. That's not to mention, as I said, the outages that certainly inconvenienced not just customers, but more recently businesses, even banks, were inconvenienced by the Telstra outage in late June. That That's the, the seventh in six months. So Telstra, they do obviously that one of the things that they that they pride themselves on is the is not only the the width breadth uh, of their network, but also the quality of that network, which has been brought into question as as many people have suggested because of these outages. So do Telstra 
deserve to pay more? Do they deserve more money to use their services compared to other companies? Well, Choice certainly doesn't think so. Telstra has also come to their own defense. What do you think? I'd love to hear from you. You can send me an email, info at techguide.com.au or hit me up on Twitter. Give me a comment. Uh, I'm at Stephen Fennick, and that's a Stephen spelt with a PH. So give me give me what your, your opinion, your Telstra story. Are you happy? Do you want to get out? This story on Tech Guide, which you, you can check out, also gives you instructions on how to uh, get out of your plan if the company, whether it's Telstra or any other company, isn't meeting your expectations and doing what you've paid them to do, and that's providing you with a reliable network. You want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, on to Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go is a, a new app. It's an augmented reality app that has only been out a few days and already has become a worldwide sensation. This is a game that makes users go out and hunt for the Pokemon creatures and allows you to capture them and level up. So it combines the GPS on your device with your uh, the, the sensors in your phone, the, your phone's camera, uses augmented reality to then uh, superimpose through your camera lens a Pokemon creature. Now, it, it's pretty much a treasure hunt, if you will. It's a, a way for you to go out, find these creatures on a map, and wherever they happen to be, you do get you do uh, see roughly where they're located. So you, then you need to get closer and find them, capture them, level up, and use all these kinds of things in the app. It's an iOS and an Android app as well. Has been downloaded uh, uh, just after one day of release. The app was already installed on 5.16% of all Android phones in the US. That download is more than twice the number of people who've downloaded the app Tinder, for example. It's also, uh, in that short time, established itself as having more daily users than Twitter. So you can just understand the, the sensational growth, the, the, the popularity of this app. Now, why, why is it so popular? A lot of people are asking. Well, I think there are several reasons why. First reason would have to be, well, naturally, it's Pokemon. Hello, there's a lot of people who love Pokemon, and Pokemon has been around since their childhood. They've played the Pokemon games, they've, they've played with the Pokemon cards, they've got all kinds of, they may even have Pokemon dolls and figures, and so they're fans of Pokemon. And naturally, uh, we had they had those users at Hello, those, as soon as this app was available, and naturally, they were people who installed it on their iPhone or Android device. Uh, the other the other appeal I think to younger users and and other other users is the fact that it's the the adventure the adventurous side of the game the treasure hunt aspect of the game uh, augmented reality and how a, a, a Pokemon creature could be anywhere it it has really caught on and I think there's a lot of the curiosity from a lot of people is joined by the the excitement of Pokemon fans. So together they're creating this perfect storm of factors for people that, that want to download this app. And of course, people are talking so much about the app that a lot of people are, are downloading it just to see what all the fuss is about. Now, a lot of those users who take that trouble are finding themselves caught up in this game. 
and we've heard that in in the in the process of tracking down these creatures, there have been a few incidents. Now, the 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 upside of Pokemon Go is the fact that there's a lot of people who are getting out and about, walking, running, whatever they're doing to find these creatures, they're actually exercising uh, without realising they're out doing some exercise, which is a, a good thing. It's also become a very social activity with uh, public walks. There was a Pokemon Go Sydney walk uh, organised over the weekend, so a great way to meet people uh, with, 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 common, with things in common, and that being Pokemon Go. And so that, that, that's another reason why it's become popular as well. But there have been uh, some, some other things. It hasn't been all fun and games with Pokemon Go. We've heard some episodes of drivers who are paying more attention to the app than they are to the road. We heard of, a, of an incident where a driver stopped in the middle of a highway uh, because he'd spotted a Pokemon creature and wanted to capture it in the middle of a busy highway. Not the best thing to do. There's a lot of, uh, I've heard of lots of car crashes because people aren't watching where they're going and causing all kinds of mayhem. In the US, in Wyoming, there was a case where the woman who was using the app to hunt for Pokemon creatures actually came across a dead body during her search for the creature. So that would have that would have really uh, surprised that young lady. There have been also incidents where criminals have even taken advantage of this craze. In Missouri, police have reported that criminals are using the app to find creatures that are located in, in quiet, secluded areas. So they're camping in these areas waiting for people to come along and then robbing these unsuspecting players. This has all happened in just two or three days, uh, as, long as, the, as, as long as the app's been available. There is also a wearable device that you'll be able to buy shortly. It's the Pokemon Go Plus. You wear it around your wrist like a watch, and this thing buzzes and flashes and vibrates when, it, when you're near a creature, so you can detect creatures in your area without even having to pull out your smartphone. Pokemon Go, a real craze, is here. I think it's here to stay. I think what it's going to do, it's going to really highlight the fact that augmented reality is probably the next craze of, of apps and games and, and, and things like that. So we, we've seen plenty of games out there that kind of do the same thing. I'm sick of seeing commercials for those multiplayer war games where you build up a town or build up an army and all those sort of things. They all look pretty samey to me. So there's a bit of fatigue out there, I think, uh, for some gamers. And I think augmented reality might just be the cure for that fatigue. This could lead to a whole exciting new range of apps being created because Pokemon Go proved that augmented reality is worth pursuing. If you haven't downloaded the app, I recommend you do, even just for curiosity's sake. You never know. You may enjoy this. You may get out there, may get some exercise, but be careful whatever you do. Don't be driving and looking at this app at the same time. Use your common sense, people. If you want to read more about Pokemon Go, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Well, LG, a company we normally associate with electronics, with TVs and smartphones and appliances, are now in the auto business. They've joined up with Volkswagen to create a smart car platform, this connected platform. 
the companies have agreed formally to put their heads together and combine their abilities and their technologies to develop a connected platform for the next generation of smart cars. Now, this technology, as I understand it, in this collaboration, will not only allow the cars themselves to be high-tech, but they'll also have uh, terrific connectivity, so they'll be able to access information from outside the vehicle. But the other thing that they're looking at is also developing technology to control and monitor and connect back to your home. You've got to remember the smart home is something that's also a thing. The smart car, as this story suggests, is also going to be a thing. So naturally, the two are going to come together. And it will give you, if LG and VW have their way, it'll give you the ability to do things like controlling and monitoring your lights, your security system, even your household supplies. So don't be surprised if in the near future, your car gets a message from your refrigerator or your pantry to say that you're low on certain items and that you need to get to the shops quick smart to buy some more. That's just an example of some of that connectivity that is going to take place even when you're behind the wheel. And of course, it's going to be done in a way where it's not going to distract you because that is kind of the fine line that that some of these companies are treading there where they're walking this fine line where the technology is cool, it's really good, but is it going to distract you from the whole reason you're driving a car in the first place? And that's getting you from A to B safely. Uh, So I'm sure that LG and VW, Volkswagen, have that in mind, that they're not going to steer you into a tree just because you need more milk. Uh, That's not going to be the case, or they're going to drive you off the side of the road because you've left your lights on. Uh, That will definitely not be the case. Hopefully the passenger can maybe look after that if the driver has their hands full, literally, with the driving duties. But it's going to be a really interesting space, the, uh, the, the car auto tech space, because we're seeing a lot of collaborations with companies where there, there's, okay, this company can make cars, this company's got a lot of nows in, in tech, and they're going to put their heads together, and LG and VW is a perfect example. LG, by the way, have been working, uh, they've had an auto a motor department for quite a while. Uh, they did announce at CES earlier this year that they, they have been uh, dabbling in the car space for quite a while. And LG and Volkswagen actually have been working together for some time, uh, and LG launching their own vehicle components division. That's what they announced at CES earlier this year uh, back in July. So in July 2013, they announced that. So no stranger to the car space is LG. And of course, Volkswagen have been at it for decades as well. You want to read more about that story? You can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. The Tech God podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Now, our computers have a lot of valuable information stored on them. There's family photos, videos, tax information, work documents, financial documents. Well, what would you do if all of a sudden they were all gone? They were encrypted and impossible for you to access. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, is called ransomware. And that's a malware that locks you out of your own files and then demands that you pay up or lose access to them forever. 
ransomware, unfortunately, is on the rise in Australia. In fact, Australia is now the most targeted country for ransomware attacks in the Southern Hemisphere. Norton Security Premium is a powerful internet security solution that can help keep you safe from ransomware by identifying and warning you against dodgy files before you click and backing up your files to your, from your PC to the cloud so you'll always have a copy if anything goes wrong. To learn more about how to protect your online life, visit au.norton.com. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. We're kicking off this week's Tech Guide reviews with a smartphone review. With uh, It's the Huawei P9. Now, I have spoken about the P9 in the past when it was announced a couple of months ago. This is the phone by Huawei. It's got a 5.2-inch screen, and it has two lenses, dual lenses created by Leica the photography company has been around for more than 100 years, 102 years to be precise. They have joined forces with Huawei to create the camera lens system, the dual camera lens system on this device. Now, it has to be understood that there are a lot of smartphones in the market and it is very hard to stand out from the crowd, especially in that mid-range market. This is a $799 phone. It is a crowded market. Now, a way to stand out is to have a really good camera, some kind of unusual feature that results in quality. And in this case, the camera. Uh, a lot of people, they, they make the decision on whether they're going to buy a smartphone, some, most even, based solely on the quality of the camera. Now, I have to say, I have been testing this and I have reviewed it and taken a lot of photos with it. This is an excellent smartphone camera. It offers so many features that you won't find on other, on other cameras, which I'll discuss in a moment. But the device itself uh, is a slick little unit. It has a 5.2-inch screen, as I said, has a 64-bit octa-core processor, and has a, has a thickness of just 6.95 millimeters. So really thick, thin, really light, really slick, Feels great in your hand, pleasingly thin and light in your hand is what I said in my review. Now, on the camera side, the dual lens 12-megapixel camera. Uh, the reason it's got dual lenses, well, here's how it works. One lens looks after RGB, the color. So it captures lifelike, accurate color and all those tones. And the other lens looks after black and white and all the detail and clarity that make up a photograph. So the edges, the the different parts, the, the black and white parts of the image as well. So that detail is brought in by the black and white camera, and then these are then combined. So each lens has its own sensor, and then the end result are brought together, and results are certainly pretty good. It's got a hybrid autofocus, so combination of laser focus, contrast, precise, depth focusing. So it's really easy to focus quickly, snap off your images, so you're not going to miss a thing. So just like a regular dedicated camera, you can shoot off uh, photos pretty quickly. Uh, with the dual lens too, there's also aperture mode 
which was one of my faves because you can do things like uh, photographers out there will, will know this term, depth of field. So what that allows you to do is to focus on the background or the foreground. So the foreground, for example, might be in focus. The background is blurred artistically. That is depth of field. Now, you can do this with the P9. I've included a couple of examples on my story. But the beauty of this is that after you've taken the image with aperture mode, you can actually change the area of focus afterwards. So you might want to select the background to be in focus and the foreground to be blurred and vice versa. You can choose that even after, change that focus after the image has been taken. Really cool little feature. If you're into your photography, uh, the pro camera mode on the P9 lets you really take control. And I mean controlling the ISO, exposure, shutter speed, manual focus, all there from this dual lens camera. Uh, there are other settings, of course, and other modes to play with. You can even shoot in RAW format. So if photographers like to shoot in RAW because it creates these massive files so that when they, it can, when they have to edit it, they're not going to compromise the quality. It allows you to do that with the P9 as well. Other modes, of course, there's panorama mode. You can shoot in monochrome. Uh, there's a beauty mode, high dynamic range. There's a mode to shoot at night so you get the light right. You can even have light painting so you can create these great patterns. There's time lapse, slow motion, and even a document scanner so that you can scan your documents and it will pick up all that information and turn it into text. So a, an impressive device. It's got a uh, 3,000 milliamp hour battery, which is lasts a day or a day and a half. Uh, it's got a USB-C port, this one, not, not a normal USB port, micro USB, USB-C. It's got fast charging as well. And all, all around, I think, look, the, the P9 matches it in terms of uh, performance, like the, 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 how fast the, the device operates, how quickly you can open and close apps. Uh, battery life is comparable to other devices, but the real standout here is that camera, that dual lens camera, which I was very impressed with. And uh, I did take, I enjoyed taking a lot of photos with this device. Uh, I did take some pictures while I was over in Bali. That's where they had the launch. I took some pictures in Brisbane. Uh, so they're, they're, all those photos are there for you to see, just so to judge for yourself the quality. The colors are great. It's really sharp. The, the depth of field images are really impressive as well. There's a lot of fun you can have with this camera and a great way to save your memories uh, with the P9 in your pocket. You want to read our complete review, you can check it out. It's at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, kids nowadays, I think it's pretty much a no-brainer that they love their, their tech, they love their screens, they love spending time on the tablets and playing games, but often that does come at the expense of them spending time outside, uh, you know, being active, exercising. And I, I can remember when I was a kid, there were no such thing as tablets and, and things like that. We were outside to play, kicking the footy around, riding our bikes. And I remember when it came time to come into, inside for dinner, you'd have your parents screaming out for you to come inside, wash your hands, get ready for dinner. And nowadays, I think it's the opposite. I think parents are now begging their kids to go outside, put down the tablet, get off the PlayStation, go out and play, go out and get some sun or be active, kick the ball around in the park. It's a, I think, a totally different proposition. Well, uh, the reason for that is, of course, that all, all the screens they've got, smartphones, there's tablets, computers, gaming systems, there's a lot to stay inside for. There's plenty to do. 
But as I said, the problem is that a lot of kids, and we do have a real problem in Australia with uh, childhood obesity, they're, they're not being as active as they should. Well, one company, Springfield Trampoline, has come up with a solution. And it is an outdoor, it features Tagoma, which is spelled T-G-O-M-A, which is an outdoor interactive digital gaming and fitness system. So spring-free trampolines can be purchased without the Tagoma system as a regular trampoline. Well, you add the Tagoma system and what it does, it allows your child or even adults as well, to not only get their trampoline time, so be active, jumping around, getting some exercise, but it also allows them to have their screen time at the same time. And how it works is the Tagoma includes a sensor so that the trampoline mat can integrate with a tablet. So we can tell when you're hitting the mat, what part of the mat you're hitting, and it can also then link wirelessly to a tablet. And the tablet is housed in a special holder. It's got a little sun, sun shield, so even in bright sunlight, it can still be easily visible. And what it, it includes is an app, that, which is free to download from iOS or the Google Play Store, from the App Store or Google Play. And there are seven games you can play, and all with you bouncing and moving and doing what you need to do to complete the game. So the child is not only playing the game, uh, they're not only jumping around on the trampoline, but they're also playing a game. Some of these games include uh, one's called Fruit Ants, where players ju jump to juice the fruit. So it's kind of like Fruit Ninja, and they've got to cut the, the fruit on your screen. Well, think of it. Think of this version is where you need to jump on the fruit to juice it. So on the screen, you'll see a representation of where you're landing, and you've got to try jump on the fruit, wherever that happens to be, relative to the trampoline. There's a similar game called Alien Stomp, where, as the name suggests, you've got to stomp the aliens. Uh, there's another one, too, that incorporates maths. It's called the Math Hopper. There's 10 levels of maths from this counting, addition, subtraction, division, multiplication, and you need to bounce around to complete those, to complete those sums as well. Uh, there's also an adult uh, fitness program where uh, you can exercise along with a professional trampoline coach with your choice of 26 different trampoline exercises. So you can also use, use the tablet uh, and the Tagoma Fit as your fitness system. So rather than sitting in front of the TV, you could be bouncing around while looking at your tablet. Now, this is a really cool idea, I think, the uh, getting, getting the kids to shift their behavior to be active and also be on their screen at the same time. It's a, it gives them a great way to kind of kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, they're getting their screen time, but yep, they are getting their exercise and activities as well. The Spring Feet Trampolines with Tagoma, they're available for pre-sale now. They start at uh, $1,299 and go up to, depending on the size of the trampoline, they also go up uh, to, I think, about $3,500. But uh, I think definitely worth uh, looking at if your child likes a trampoline and naturally going to like a tablet as well, then the Spring Free trampolines with Tagoma are really going to interest them. If you want to check out those pictures and you can see also a little YouTube video which describes the whole thing, you can check it out techguide.com.au Now I don't know about you but uh, whenever I'm on my computer 
I've got not not too far away. I've got my tablet. I've got my phone. And often uh, I may get a message on on the phone. I may need to answer an email on my tablet, and I might be working on something at the same time on my computer. Now, what what normally occurs is that if I do get a message and I need to reply to it, I would stop what I'm doing on the computer, turn away, grab the phone, type out a message on the screen, send it off, and try to get back to what I was doing on the computer. Uh, that for for multitasking, that's not the best approach. Well, Logitech have released the K780 wireless multi-device keyboard that can connect up to three devices to that keyboard. So in my example, I would have the keyboard connected to my iMac uh, and the other two connections would be to my phone and to my tablet. And the, the, the device also has a small tray where you can actually position the tablet or the phone at a comfortable angle so you can type on the devices using the keyboard rather than having to pick them up and type on the screen. Now, to me... That's uh, that would really solve a problem for me because it would kind of keep me in more zoned in on what I'm doing on the computer, and allow me to then a- answer any messages on my phone if I had to, emails on my tablet if I had to. So uh, a great way to keep you involved. Now the three devices are linked wirelessly via Bluetooth. It does come with a tiny Bluetooth dongle for computers that don't have Bluetooth built in. Naturally, on your wireless devices like your phones and tablets, you can also pair them with Bluetooth as well. And then there are three buttons that allow you to switch in an instant between those three paired devices. So if I need to type something on my phone, I click on button number two, reply to that message on the keyboard, go back to number one, which is my computer, and away I go. So it is a great way for you to type out those longer emails on on your phone or on your tablet. I, I use it just on its own with with the iPad Pro. It does uh, it does make for a good uh, companion device for an iPad. So if you don't own uh, the iPad Pro, twelve point nine inch fits perfectly in this. If you don't have the the Pro keyboard, the Apple keyboard, which is not cheap, it's I think two hundred and seventy bucks. Then you could also you could opt for the K seven eighty. It doesn't fold up and create a cover like the smart cover does the keyboard cover for the iPad, but it does provide for one hundred and fifty bucks a full keyboard that is really makes it really easy to type on your iPad. Kind of turns it into a little mini computer. So a, a, a really good all round device. The K seven eighty got an on and off switch. Uh, runs off two AAA batteries. There is a power saving idle mode. So if you don't use it for a while, it turns itself off. There's also a physical on off switch. So with all that in mind, you get twenty four months of battery life, which is heaps. So uh, not a bad product to check out if you're one of these people like myself who bounces around between the computer, the phone, and the tablet. You can have them all connected to this one device to make your life, make your multitasking even easier. Please check it out. The story is at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they're introducing the Arlo Q. That's an AC-powered 1080p HD camera with audio and enhanced night vision that lets you see and hear in perfect detail. Now, this is designed to deliver the best experience indoors, so it does need that power. And because of that power, it provides things like really high-quality video and even two-way audio, so you can listen and talk back and forth. That means you can pop in to see how things are going at home while you're out. 
You can set motion alerts so that you know if anything moves, and you can use seven days of free cloud encoding to store a video record of events online. With Arlo from Netgear, you've got every angle covered. For more information, visit arlo.com forward slash au. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk this week, I've had a question from one of my readers asking for a the best tablets for kids. Now, the, there are plenty of choices out there, and I think the, the reason people choose tablets are not only for because they're going to be used for different things, uh, but also for, for different people, for, for kids, for adults, students. Uh, there are tablets to suit all types of users. Now, I think one of the things to consider, and the question I had was from a reader asking for a tablet for a five-year-old. So you're not going to spring a $1,700 iPad Pro for your five-year-old unless you've got plenty of dollars in the bank. You're probably going to look for something a little bit cheaper. Now, for a child, I'd suggest a smaller tablet, of course, so maybe perhaps an iPad mini or one of the many seven-inch Android tablets that are available. Android tablets are a lot more readily available. They're also a lot cheaper. So that could be a good first tablet for a child, a cheaper Android device. Although the iPad mini with its 7.9 inch screen, I think is about 330 bucks, 340 bucks, which which is pretty affordable. That's not naturally for the entry level model, the 16 gig model. Uh, plenty of apps, of course, on the App Store, but there are Android tablets that you can buy for under a hundred dollars, and plenty of them have seven. I've even seen ten-inch tablets for under two hundred bucks. So they're just something. They're they're the sort of guidelines I think you need to look at when you're considering a tablet for a child. And don't forget, if the you know it's a five-year-old that, that we're talking about here, or a, a primary school student, that. It is possible that they're going to have an accident. They might drop it. They might break it. So you don't want to buy a too expensive tablet for that very reason. If you are buying them a tablet, especially if you're buying them an an iPad, there are plenty of protective cases. I'd recommend you putting a case on the device so that in the event where it it does hit the floor, you've got a better chance of keeping that screen from breaking if it's got a protective case, protective cover around it as well. So many choices. I've written about a lot of them, a lot of tablets, smaller tablets, all tablets of all shapes and sizes. You can check out all those reviews at techguide.com.au. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show for this week. It went so fast. You can read about everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at techguide.com.au. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, tell me what you think. I'd love to, I will answer your tweet and reply. Special thanks to a shout out to Netgear, a brand you can trust for all your Wi Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thank you very much for listening. It's been great having your company. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. <laughs>